live from a fucking right, live old, from space. Yeah, live from a fucking warehouse. Yeah, out in Dandenong. We're just live from this big Grand Canyon. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about how <laughs> the, our workplace quickest I've ever settled in somewhere. I think I was actually just also thinking earlier about how we 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 work in a very funny place. Like yeah. I genuinely do want to like. All right, I know you've you're talking about settling in, so you're. I understand that you're still maybe getting to know the environment as well. But I have genuinely been putting little bits and pieces away to write a TV show about our workplace because I think there's just. There's been come and gone so many different characters. Oh yeah. Um that I've like It's like Cheers. Served. Yeah, it's a lot like Cheers. Um it's like a cross between Cheers and Crackerjack. I don't know if you remember that uh obscure no. Australian lawn bowls movie starring uh <laughs> National Treasure Mick Malloy. Oh my god, no, no. I've never seen that. It's pretty it's pretty good. You actually might like it. There's this one part where um Mick Malloy oh I think I can't remember what they're they're having some bake sale or some Someone's accidentally like left some cakes on the bench and these like old lawn bowls ladies are like, oh, these must be for the bowlers. They've taken the, and it turns out to be weed cakes. <laughs> so there's just like all these old people just lying on the greens, just like staring at the sky, stoned out of their mind. Oh, it's God. fucking funny. It's a great movie. I wish that had happened at our work. <laughs> <laughs> some of the, some of the bowlers just come in and they're like. Just had like, yeah, just staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'll, I'll have like one of the entire menu, please. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, but so you're, you're just settling in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, not even it's just qu- settling sorry, in. Rather, it's, like, it's the quickest you've ever settled in. Yeah, I feel place. like because I had that uh that like safety net of, um I don't know, you work there, Kira works there. Yeah. Uh, Neva had already kind of... Yeah. Uh, said, hey, you know, he's going to need yeah. time off for gigs and stuff like that. You already had your back. Yeah. You just uh, put it. Yeah, 100%. And so I just kind of went in and because I because I knew you guys were there, I was mm. just like, ah, oh, I could just fuck, I could fuck around. Like not yeah. fuck around as in waste time on the job, but fuck around as in say you funny shit. You can be shit. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because I could there's just enough be a people that unit. know who you are in yeah. order for you to be yourself. Yeah. Totally. I felt comfortable calling myself the dish pig to everyone when I introduced yeah. myself. I'm like, you know, I am the new dish pig here, you fucking guy. The funny thing is too, like, we're all, like, really weird people. Everyone's a bit strange, Everyone's yeah. a bit out there, like, that works where I work. Um, so, it's good. I, was, I remember trying to tell Katie a story yesterday, uh. and do you think we can- Say the real name. Yeah, of the yeah, podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember telling Katie a story yesterday, and Georgia just like cut in front of me, like came through the door. There was this conversation <laughs> happening. I was literally mid sentence, and she just comes in, stands in front of me, starts talking to Katie. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> she did it twice. Yeah, she did it twice in a row, and I was like, "Oh fuck me!" Then I guess <laughs> I think I literally said that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about a time. Actually, um, so once a month we have this uh, men's group that come in. Uh, we actually had them in last night. Oh, they, yeah, and yeah. They, they sit in uh, our committee room and they have like their little meeting. Um, I think we originally called them the church group, but they didn't like us calling them the church group. And they said they said that we should they're with the men's group, so that's why we we call them the men's group. Um, but but are they affiliated with the church? Yeah, they, well, they come from a. There's there's a bunch of them that have a bit to do with some church. I don't know if it's Anglican. Is it a or church organization or? Um, I just think like local church, like for, 
some local church. Maybe they they yeah yeah. Work. But like, is this local church organizing the men's group? Oh, I see. That's what I thought, but I don't. I'm not sure if it's yeah something to do with the church I, or whatever. anyway. I'm derailing you. Sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, they always they rent out the the committee room and then they uh they talk they just talk about you know I guess things that they have observed or whatever in the month that they haven't seen each other. They just have like a catch up kind of thing every month. So it's just dudes catching up for the sake of catching up. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, that's like probably a good idea. I guess if there are dudes out there that don't have many friends. Yeah, I and- think they just talk about their anxieties and all that sort of stuff. I think it's, it, uh, you know, ultimately very uh, positive. But I just- uh, That is really positive because all of those dudes in there look like my mate Dave's dad, who is about the blokiest bloke that I've ever met. <laughs> And I was, I was genuinely, like, looking out for him last night. I was like, I wonder if Dave's dad's here. Are you talking about the motorcycle group or the men's group, though? Oh, shit. I was talking about the motorcycle group, yeah, I think. Yeah, see, there's two. And we have them both on this one night of the month, um, which is the uh, second Tuesday of every month. And the bikers never beat up the church nerds. Yeah, well, I used to call it Saints and Sinners Night. <laughs> That's fucking good. Yeah. As if that didn't catch on. <laughs> you know. Um, but... Yeah, so I remember walking in one time. I was collecting their plates because they always like order dinner, and I, uh, I remember they were talking about uh, recently the you know the whole Doge coin. Oh uh, yeah, 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 and um, <laughs> you know, it's not, I'm sorry, it's such a fucking absurd time to be alive when yeah. Doge coin is like is, a leading cryptocurrency. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Uh, so you obviously you know about all that sort of stuff and the the stuff with the hedge fund thing. So they were talking about yeah Dogecoin, but he wasn't calling it Dogecoin. He was calling it Dodgy Coin <laughs> because he's a boomer and doesn't know what it's actually. Spent. Oh, I bought some of the bloody Dodgy Coin, <laughs> and I thought it was such. I don't, <laughs> but it made me question whether or not he was like deliberate in his like mispronunciation of it because he or probably if he was having a joke, or whether he was you know. Yeah. Or if it was, you know, oh, the old dodgy coin. Oh, the old dodgy coin. Yeah, so. We, you know what? Reside crypto coming called dodgy coin. Everyone, oh, dude, <laughs> everyone invests. Yeah, that's it. Let's, uh, let's jack up the prices. Uh, yeah. um, dodgy coin. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. This seems like as good a place as any to come in, <laughs> don't you reckon? Yeah, it's, it seems As I say every week. Every week. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I say that most weeks from the podcast, actually. I'm like, this seems like a good yeah, place no, to that's, that's always how, like, two and a half minutes in, it's just like, all right, well, you know, we should we should probably start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, lubed, we're warmed up, you know. Yeah, exactly. We're lubed up. We're lubed just, up. That was what was about to come that out of your mouth, was, but you yeah, stopped you yourself. Yeah, you like, slight... Slide yeah. uh, sidestep. Oh, can I say that on the podcast? And then there's me. That's like you were gonna say this. You, you're the you're the one that I've often said that is the reason why we have the little explicit yeah, uh, tag next to our. I have to tick the explicit content thing because. So, and I I try not to. I don't know why. I don't. I don't actively not try to swear, but I. Uh, it's just not I, in your nature to I be a sailor mouthed as no, myself. No, no. Yeah, which um, is fun. It's like. I my I remember my brother said that he listened to this podcast, my older brother, mm. and uh, he was like, "It's really good. You guys have a good dynamic. You could like be on radio or something like that." And I was like, "Poor dude, with the way I fucking talk on this thing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd we'd be highly censored. I feel <laughs> because I, because you'd want to swear and I'd want to talk about some shit that we probably shouldn't talk about publicly. You know? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So it'll or it'll be too deep or like. I don't know. <laughs> too, yeah. too deep for radio. No. Welcome to Pretty Good Thanks. Too deep it'll for be, radio. It'll be too, too ridge brain. Yeah, exactly. We've just got 
some fucking galaxy brains out yeah, here. Exactly. We can't broadcast this shit on Triple M. <laughs> it'll wake the people up too quickly. That's They'll it. come out of the matrix it'll too aggressively. Against, it'll go against the radio's agenda. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to compromise. Big radio. Yeah, exactly. Big radio. <laughs> I wouldn't want to not be a corporate shill. <laughs> Wasn't the whole model of reside at one point? If the price is right, we'll sell out. Yeah, I think that was like day one. A yeah. quote. I think did Saleh say that? Saleh said that, and I was like, I'm still not sure if it was a joke or for real. But there was at the time there was that real angsty teen in me. Not that I was a teenager, but still channeling that angsty teen in me. That's like, no, we're never gonna sell out. No, man. we're never gonna fuck off. But I mean, realistically, even making music to begin with is kind of selling out. Yes. Like if, sell- if selling out is selling a product in order to make a profit. Exactly. Then yes, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a business, right? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people treat it See, like See, this a is a moment that's too big for radio it's right too now. Big. It's Admitting that- Pulling by- back the curtain. Yeah, exactly. That by <laughs> even being in a band, we fucking sold out. That's it. We sold out before you guys even knew who we were. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the Pretty Good Thanks Sellout Hour, Too Big for Radio. I'm Dylan, and with me as always is Liam. Uh, as always, I'm Liam. So how, uh, how the bloody- Fucking hell are you, mate? I'm pretty good, thanks. Oh. <laughs> how are you? I'm not bad, mate. Oh, I love how... <laughs> I know this is like such as just a common like comic bit, but I, I love that bit that I think it must be Carl Barron or something that talks about how like Australians never tell you how they are. They always tell you what they're not. Yeah, that's Carl always, Barron. Yeah, it's always like, oh, not bad. Oh, how far is it? Not far, you know. I've taken, I've taken that, like, I've taken that on board ever since I saw that bit. Yeah. Like, I love telling people what things aren't rather than what they are, and I do it so consistently that I have a lot of mates that just like, they're just like, oh, every time I do it, and it's even better. Wait, so they notice that you, do yeah, hundred percent, because I'll even do it when I'm like, as a as a response to someone just stating something, not even asking me. They'll be like. Mm. They'll be like, geez, it's cold. And I'll be like, yeah, it's not warm. <laughs> and then my favorite one is to, rather than saying, oh, it's, you know, it's not something, you say, you know, all right, another like, same example, Jesus, it's cold. And you say, yeah, I've been warmer. <laughs> and people just, they fucking hate it. <laughs> it. It goes one or two ways, doesn't it? Because it's like some people either like loathe it, but then there's other people that like, Take o- take it on in their vernacular. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like you know, for example, like I feel like every time you greet me now, you're always just like, "All right, mate." Like, All right, mate. Yeah, yeah I definitely just, picked that up from Ophelia. Yeah, Ophelia just like has just infected everyone with her Britishisms. Hundred percent, and they're, they're great. Yeah, I mean, to fun. be fair, I do like the mighty Boosh. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is true. All right, which is <laughs> every time Ophelia talks, I'm like, huh. Some, I feel like I'm on an episode of the Mighty Boosh. It's yeah. just I don't know. There's just something about it. It's so there's such a charm to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So 100%. it's just I love it. But the, <laughs> another one that I picked up was uh from that's what I reckon's um his overdub of the coin toss scene in No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Right. Because. Uh, you know, the guy walks into the servo and the way he's dubbed it is the guy at the servo just sounds like he's sick of the shit <laughs> even before the guy's already walked in. He's like, good day, mate. How you going? <laughs> <laughs> just giving someone one of those is so good. I noticed when I've um, hung out with you, like for a concentrated period of time, I'll go I'll go away being like, all right, I've had a gutful. Yeah. You know, like I don't think I've ever heard anyone else say that. You know? That's a, that's actually, that's also from the That's What I Reckon video. Yeah. Like, Righto, I've had a gutful. <laughs> and I pick that one up every time I'm leaving a room. Like, Righto, I've had a gutful. I'm fucking off. <laughs> Speaking of that, I actually had like a night where I was just um, revisiting a lot of his stuff. I, um, 
it's it started off with the the Toyota Camry tissue box yeah, conspiracy. Yeah. Um, watching, I'd never seen it before, but it was it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. He's um, like, I think he had fucking hilarious content, and then lockdown happened, and he was making the cooking videos and stuff like that. And yeah, now people just, I think now a lot of people. He's coming out of it now. I think yeah. he's not, you know, he's doing other content again, he's, but I think a lot of people- He's coming back for the to lo- shows now, so I think he's doing more, yeah. For a long time, people just thought he was like a cooking guy. Mm. And uh, I showed one of them to my stepmom, one of those cooking videos, and she was like, the way he's cutting those and like the gear that he's using- He's actually using, a good cook. Well, she was like, it's either he's a chef or his dad might be a chef or something like yeah. that. Like there's chef experience there for there's, sure. Well, there's just food experience there. He, yeah. d- he knows how to make- because I'm watching him do stuff and I'm like, yeah, no, that's that right thing to do. Yeah. Know? Um 100%. I re- his partner must be like the luckiest person in the world yeah. because like, you know, having a partner that cooks the same as you, great. Like, you know, at the same sort of frequency as you, great. You know, that's like an equal relationship. But having someone that cooks well, mm. oh, oh, yeah, unbelievable. I um, <laughs> He... Have you watched his, one of any of his recent videos? He, he did a, a microwave cooking video. No, um, no, I, I've just sort of dipped off social, so I don't sure. see his content anymore. So but I should subscribe on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's well, that's where I saw it. I watched it on YouTube. Um, it's he basically uh, gets this microwave cooking cookbook, mm-hmm. um, and he follows this couple recipes, um, and it's just everything is made. This is from like the eighties when like they were selling the microwave as like this alternative way to cook things. So you, you know you you so they had these microwave cooking recipe books where you could make everything by just using a microwave. Um, fucking hell! And oh, it's awful. It's the <laughs> grossest fucking shit ever, and no one should ever do it. Um, I, I, this, yeah, you say that, but this is just revolutionary my cooking <laughs> uh, it's fucking gross um but yeah he, he so he makes like uh this like weird salad and then like this meat i can't remember what dish he makes he makes some of like other hot meat dish yeah like a steak sort of dish yeah um and it's he, <laughs> he calls it the tucker fucker <laughs> um but yeah he 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 makes that and he was like, what? At the end of the video, he's eating this food, trying, and he's like, this is fucking gross. <laughs> um, hating it. And he's he's saying, well, this is the end of the video and uh, because I don't want to waste this food, I'm going to have to eat this now. This is dinner. So, like... <laughs> oh. And he, I, you could hear his partner in the background also just, like, gagging. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, that bad? It's, yeah. Just, I don't know. It was just pungent and Ugh, smelly. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like that's most of my meals. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like a terrible cook, but like I'm like fucking. You get it. You just get it done. I get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a Toyota Camry of chefs. Yes, for sure. I can. You know what? I've been learning to do more stuff now in the kitchen. Actually. I was going to say, has Phil been teaching you some stuff? Yeah, nothing that's really applicable to me. Not yeah. eating meat, but yeah, I can sure. cook for someone else now, which is which is good. You know, yeah. like you know, if a friend's going through a hard time, I can make them a palmer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, exactly. and that's a fucking like, you know, who doesn't want a Palmer? You get a pub grade Palmer at home, I'll do it for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's mad. Um, it's it. I think um, cooking's not as hard as people make out to think. Like it's a lot of like, it's just kind of like science, you know, it's like chemistry in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you just, it's very mathematical and you kind of just, but you also, it's like, a lot of instinct and taste as well. So there's like there is a skill involved with your senses. 
and and I think that's more the harder part than the cooking. The cooking side of things easy, but it's knowing what flavors complement each other. I think is the harder part. Yeah, hundred. Well, that's where I struggle. Is that like you know I can cook a vegetable until it's done, or I can you know mm. I can cook a piece of meat until it's done. I know how to like yeah. get the shit edible, yeah. but I just don't know what flavors work or what spices work together. And yeah. like I'll do what I do. I'm pretty sure I have shit taste. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've just gotten used to it after a while. Yeah, no, I think I think I like disgusting shit. I'm not sure. So <laughs> disgusting shit has its place. It definitely <laughs> does. But no, that is what you're describing is literally the hardest part about cooking. It's 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 just knowing what is but there's so much more resources now, like with cooking, like online, like you can look up so many recipes and it'll like yeah that's very very true you. like now it, and they're all free it's as well free. like you know the only thing you have to do is scroll through their fucking yeah. life story <laughs> to get to the actual recipe you know it's, oh, after my nan's funeral my stepsister was really sad so i cooked <laughs> this for her and she immediately smiled <laughs> you know? so like i didn't need to know your biography yeah, just I give me the fucking recipe yeah, yeah. i don't need to know how it's going to impact the people in my life <laughs> i live alone okay this is going to impact me in one way and that is sustenance yeah, yeah, exactly. tell me how to get it done <laughs> But yeah, and and from there too, you can always just like modify. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you but can again, always be like, oh, this could use this, and again, I've got shit taste, so I really shouldn't stray from the method of the for expert. Sure, for you know, sure. me cooking a uh, risotto and being like, you know what? Maybe some tomato sauce. Do the trick. <laughs> some ketchup. Yeah, no, I've never done that. Oh, uh, how has your week been, man? Oh, good. It's it's been. It's been busy, I think, because of um, like we've got the show coming up, and there's just like a lot of uh, there's a lot of prep going into that, and I'm very excited about that show. Yeah, it's gonna be you fun. Know? Um, we uh, actually, by the time this comes out, I think the I think the show will have already happened. So, man, that was that was a that was a great show. <laughs> Honestly, that was the best set that we have ever played. Yes. Ever. I think that's the best set anyone's ever played. Yeah. And I can't believe Bono time. came in and punched out the middle fold back out of sheer jealousy of you. <sighs> that was it really- was, It was because- he, uh, But you know what? I can at least admire the fella for showing up with some sunnies. That's you know? true. Yeah. He brought the sunnies brought to the game. Sunnies, you know, and I think he. it just comes from a place of jealousy. He can't- Rock the same kind of out there, flamboyant sunnies that yourself and myself can. Yeah, exactly. There's a bit of edge to being a scumbag yeah, when exactly. I wear shit sunnies. <laughs> they fucking stand out. Exactly. They rock. He's got the one look. And you know what? He's acting like a champagne socialist out here. I'm doing it for the starving children. But we're out here redistributing the sunnies amongst the people and he's fucking mad. He's, he's exactly. Mad. He's mad about it. He's ripping He mad. wishes he could be doing that, but he, he's not He's not as punk enough. He's not. He hasn't got holes in his shoes. Yeah, 100%. He, I got, he hasn't got like speed three. holes. They make me go faster. <laughs> I love it. You know what? I wore these to work yesterday, actually, and there's a hole on my uh, right shoe and it's like enough for me to fit my pinky out when I don't wear socks. It's just a runner. And so it doesn't like look like it's that holy until I just start poking shit out of them. <laughs> I just like go up to people. I'm like, oh, check it out. I got a pinky <laughs> hole. I've never noticed that before until you just had your legs crossed just now. Yeah, and I was I'm poking just, my pinky out. I was like, ah. <laughs> Someone's settling and unnerving. It is. It? I, was, I was like, that's punk rock. That's, that's authentic, <laughs> you know? 
Some, you hear the fashion guru, me with my broken shit, once again with my broken clothes, and yeah. you like, that's really cutting edge. That's really cutting edge. <laughs> that's very breathable. I think like, that's one of the uh, the early stages of uh, Crocs, you know? You going into like fucking H&M, just head office pitching this idea, right, jeans with holes in them, yeah? Now wait, runners with holes yeah. in them. Didn't even make you wait. That good of an idea. <laughs> Are you blown away? Old Dicky Dick selling you the old. <laughs> old Dicky Dick selling you. Old Dicky Dick got shot down on Shark Tank, but that won't stop him. Old Dicky Dick's got the heart of a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be sponsoring the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so you've just been you've been living in the world of the show, basically. I've been living in the world of the show. Uh, we've been we've been rehearsing, and um, today you and I we've been. Getting doing, it done, getting 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 it done. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about the show, even though it was a great show and it was one of the best shows we've ever played. Oh, I'm excited because it was so great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I had a thought the other the other week actually about how like if time is not a uh, is not a concept, but uh, or rather we don't per- need to perceive the future of the past, and we're always just in living in the present. There's no concept of time. Yeah. Um, making plans is essentially just predicting the future. <laughs> Fuck! Wow! <laughs> wow! That's yeah. kind of <laughs> predicting I, the future and making it I was just meditating one night, and I was just like, "Oh, making plans is just predicting the future." We all just predict the future. Well, I mean, if you want to take that to like a you know Dwayne Johnson, Terry Crews level of inspiration, where mm. you see them talking about how they hustle and make it work, yeah. Uh, Making when you make plans like that. All right, we made the plan today to make the podcast, and yep. we've made the we're making the podcast now. Exactly, and it was a great podcast. Yeah, oh, it was, it was as good as the show. But <laughs> but if that's you know predicting the future and then like working towards making it happen, then you do that with all of your goals. All your goals are just you predicting the future and then doing everything in your yeah, power to make sure that you, that prediction comes true. That's and I feel a like fucked the, way to look at it, the but one, it's pretty The cool. ones that just practice that well enough are the ones that practice that law of attractions and manifestation stuff that some people believe in. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. You know? Where, where, where do I sit on that sort of a spectrum with how I plan nothing and I just let life come? <laughs> uh, well, you could look at that in two ways, right? You could either look at that as... Well, it depends on your intent, right? Because you could... By making no plans and doing nothing, you're then therefore manifesting nothing, and it's just like a per- perpetual cycle. Aye. Or um, if you're if you're going in with the intent of letting like your path be decided for you, so to speak, um, that's different. Like because there's there's things that can I suppose you can like receive. If like you're destined to like if if you're believing in this idea of like you have like a set path that you're yeah. on and like shit happens for a reason, um, but yeah, I don't know. It could it's, go either way. It's not like it's not you know it's not like I have no prospects for the future or anything mm. like that. There's things that I want to do and stuff like that, but there's a part of me that feels like, and you know what, this is gonna get on my own sort of little yeah philosophy of good. life, I suppose, but. That's what I love about it, because everyone has their own interpretations. Yeah, and I just think, I don't know, it's all just its all just very absurd. It's just like, I exist mm. here without my consent because of people that exist in the same manner. Like, yeah. no one gets a say in it, you just exist. Yeah. You get thrown into the world by people who have 
as much of an idea, if not less of an idea than you, mm. you know, by the time you get to their age when, the they, when, they, the blind. when they conceived you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, you know, and then I'm just like, oh, there's a part of me that's like, in a sense, uh, you know, you can plan, you can plan, you can plan, you can plan. But, you know, there's just so much unpre- unpredictability and just like so much absurd shit can happen at the tip of a hat so quickly. And so there's a part of me that's like, oh, if you plan, you almost like, you know, people plan things and then they achieve them. But sometimes you'll plan and you can just set yourself up to fail. So it's kind of like halfway to nihilism, right? It's kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, it's well, it's the branch of nihilism. It's yeah. called absurdism. Yeah. Um, yeah, just life can, I don't know, you can have plans and then life can kind of throw them upside down sort of thing. And that's mm. not to say that all plans, you know, if you plan something, it definitely won't happen because that's not true at all. And, mm. you know, if you hustle hard at it, anything can happen. But also, I don't know, with, with all of that sort of unpredictability in mind, there's kind of a... When you like let go and you're just kind of like, ah, life will, you know, life will happen Mm. and it's, it's going to be what it is. You know, I've surrounded myself with good people and I try to, you know, be a good guy to the people that matter to me. And so I I think that's, you know. I think there's uh, validity in that, in that point of view. And I I think I share some overlap there. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I totally think that the things happen for a reason and. But like, also, it it can it can be absurd, and it can be. Uh, I I definitely share those sentiments that it's just like it, things are going to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. And that you know, that's not to say that the way I perceive life is correct, because it's it, like by definition, it's not. It's just like no, it's it, it's it's your interpretation. Yeah, exactly. It's my interpretation of the I don't know, kind of. That's why just I, the weird. Uh, it's it's sort of like the weird metaphysical stuff, right? Yeah, like just the um, it's the circumstances of our existence, sort of thing. Like, like I said, just you know, you exist without your consent, and so does everyone else. Mm. And that's kind of a not that it's not normal or anything, because that's how every single being exists. No one gets to say in it, but that's kind of like yeah, it's I don't know. And it's weird that you'd manifest a consciousness out of that, out of a like you know, going from just cells that are kind of doing their thing, they exist without their consent, but then operating on like a you know. On a level of functioning that doesn't uh, process yeah. what, cons- what something like consent is or having a say in your, uh, totally. in your own think, existence is. I, th- I think you're right then in that sense, it's just things things will just happen. Yeah, 100%. You, you will exist. Yeah, will I will exist. exist. I'll keep existing yeah. until I don't. And and then there's a whole thing about individual perception as well. There's like- Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I really enjoy most- When it comes to like spiritual stuff- um, I enjoy, the thing I enjoy the most is hearing other people's interpretations of it or the individual perspectives that people have. Um, yeah, I, I suppose that's why I feel like we walk among us as like co-creators of the world, both in a literal sense in that we we build things and we dismantle things and things yeah. grow, things create, things die. Um, we all creators in some sense, but also in in the metaphysical sense, I suppose. Um, but that's I know that's going away from what you're. Oh yeah, but even on like a on a cell based sort of sense, mm. like you know the cells that make up your body will have made up so many other sort of things. Mm. Uh, the- It'll healed, you know, healing is you know you're create you're reproducing cells. Hundred percent. The one that really freaks me out is uh microbiomes, like the oh, things that yeah. you taste and smell then become part of yeah like you know you you as a person only make up half of the cells on your body yeah 
which is fucked. So it's like, I don't know, you're kind of born into and of the world in a sen- in that sense, in that yeah. like, you know, yeah, that the, the, the cells that make you up would have made up so many things before you and are going to make up so many things after you. And just because you've got your own uh, individual perception of the world, like, uh, you know, I, I only know the world from when I was born to when I'm going to die. And to me, to like my sort of consciousness, it only exists in that period and then it ceases to exist after that, as does everything. And it, you know, what did not exist before that. Mm. And so it's, <laughs> I don't know. And this kind of, this could, this could be like a very good gateway drug into defeatism or something like that, because it'd be like, well, you know, then the world only exists to me and my only, you mm. know, the things I do don't matter for future generations, blah, 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 which, you know, is a shit ad- attitude to have, but that's not the attitude that I have. No, no. And I, I suppose, uh, the combat of like death in a sense is, is legacy. So how, you know, remaining to exist in memory. This actually comes back funnily enough to the colloquialism thing that we were talking about before. Uh-huh. Cause I think about this a lot in terms to like, uh, you know, something that I might leave behind mm-hmm. and there's little, you know, what, all right. And it's like, not even things that are completely born, of me, but st- something like the That's What I Reckon video where I say, mm. you, know, you know, where he says, Rod, oh, I've had a gutful yep. and I've taken that on. I say that a lot. You say it now. Matt says it now. And sort of, I've, you know, I've had it before where these phrases either that I've made up or that I've picked up somewhere yeah. and, you know, they just become part of my everyday vernacular. And I say them to people because it gets a laugh and then other people pick them up. And in some cases, like one of them was a, uh, a thing I picked up from some dudes that I was friends with in high school. They went to Whitefriars. And it was just a, you know, little sort of semi-insult that they threw around mm. as a joke amongst mates. And I, you know, I'd say it. I said it to my mates. One of my mates went to Europe. People in France started saying it. <laughs> and I don't know. There's just a lot of fun, you know, I think to leave behind a legacy doesn't necessarily mean that someone's going to build a golden monument to you or that you're going to no. be remembered as a an artist or a scientist or whatever the fuck. It can just be little, th- you know, if those colloquial exist, blah, blah, blah. If those <laughs> colloquialisms exist in somebody's uh, everyday vernacular for enjoyment after I've died, even if they don't know me, it's kind of like I'm then a part of that person's story. Yeah, exactly. In a very like lighthearted and sort of small and absurd way as well. Like it's like a little just way of expressing humor amongst mates together, you know. You could say that about like influencing. You could even bring that back to music and and your influence on other people. You know, or I'm not. I'm not saying you specifically. But yeah, the, I was the, like, the royal, who have I influenced? The royal you, you know, like yeah. artists, yeah. Um, and the lineage that you can trace influences back with, and um, you know, the, those memories are are what you know keep those people alive. I feel like there's there's two parts to death, right? There's the physical mm-hmm. death, and then there's like the the more metaphysical, which is when the la- you know the last person that remembers you forgets you or ceases to exist and so therefore you you cease to exist because 100% but in the in something as small as like you know as a as a saying that you're throwing around that person doesn't even need to know you like your mm. legacy sort of no, still no, no, lives no, exactly. on as an idea even if no one knows about it you know no that's right which is kind of that's a like really that's a fun thought that I, I, I think, bounce around in my head a I lot I think um I've talked about this a little bit with uh, with Will uh, King. And we'll shout talk, out. Shout out to the fella. And we were talking about how 
um, our generation is like the first to be immortal. Oh, like immortalized on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And, true. And, and, digi- and plus with digital consciousness and, and, and in that sense, um, yeah, we'll be probably the first, one of the first generations to, to be immortal or mortalized. Yeah. Um, Fuck. It's, it's, yeah. You, do you mean like someone actually having like, uh, an unending consciousness with digital conscious or? Potentially. Oh, that's uh, like I, that's two different avenues. There's, I, I was, I, I guess I was segueing in from more the the memory sort of way. So like your data, the things that you did, the things you posted. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, you're immortalized. <laughs> I don't want that shit to be my legacy. <laughs> yeah. This is making everyone rethink what they post now, and that's good. <laughs> good. Man, I've been thinking heaps recently about how much I miss the internet before it was like, you know, basically Facebook, Google, fucking- Big tech giants. Yeah, like Twitter and Reddit, where you're basically for- Yeah, the the pillars. Yeah, the big pillars of like people using the internet. Yeah. And just, yeah, I mean, we've probably touched on this before on the podcast, but it was just- a much nicer time, a much simpler time, you know. <laughs> now everything, and I'm not sure if the internet influenced this, but it was like, now it's like everything seems so fucking dramatic. Careful, Dylan. I think you're, uh, you sound like you're, you're getting all regressive and, you know, conservative here. You know, I, I wouldn't want you to start going on a... <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, actually. Okay. <laughs> it, all, it all dates back to, uh, you know, wanting to go back. <laughs> Remember what D. Trump said? Make America great again. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dude, I'm so relieved that a real politician is leading that country now. I'm <laughs> we'll so see, We'll fucking- see if they can govern that country again. It's. I feel like- Yeah, it's, it's pretty al- broken. It's pretty almost ungovernable at this point. Well, yeah. I don't- Yeah. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful. But it- Yeah, it's, it scares me what that could- be for other countries, especially big Western countries. What kind of shift that creates. That could create, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. This podcast has taken yeah, a grim turn. Oh, we've, we've, been, we've been on this deep train all-, all too, <laughs> too deep. Too deep for radio. Yeah, we we, we, for we radio. told y'all. Yeah, exactly. We told y'all. Exactly. Mick Malloy. You were ready. <laughs> we'll get Mick this Malloy on next week. This is this is what's been happening ever since I decided to rejoin uh, Reside after it was after my time in Vatic, you know. Just, yeah, how was your time in Vatic? Oh, actually, well, see, all the li- you know the woke lyrics just really just changed <laughs> changed how I saw things, you know. Um, so <laughs> fuck. But you know, I have to give Matt a big shout out for teaching me how to do gutturals. Um, give us a gutty. <laughs> Week. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I only stayed in the van for a week. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a week. week. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Matt, I was uh, at his house last night and I'm not sure if he saw this or not, but you know how we talk about like piece of shit things that you do when no one's looking? Mm. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I had one of those moments and I did it and I caught myself in it and I was like, I f- felt shame immediately because <laughs> <laughs> I'd ordered a kebab. I was eating my kebab while sitting on a beanbag on his bedroom floor and he's like lying on his bed. We're watching his TV and uh, like a bit of falafel falls out of my fucking kebab and it lands on this pair of like underwear that he's got on the floor. And instinctively, I just like pick it up and eat it. And I kind of realized once I put it in my mouth that it's been on his underwear. <laughs> it's on so the floor. It was worn underwear. I'd assume so. It was on the floor. 
Okay. Yeah, so it was a pretty fucking disgusting moment yeah. for me. <laughs> you, you just ate falafel off a cum rag. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yep, that's what you just did. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, it was probably on the inside, right? I, I, I didn't think. I, all I saw was underwear. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've actually I've spent a lot of time at Matt's place recently, and it's good. We've been watching this show called Psych. Oh yes, have okay. you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've heard. I I know of the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's this uh, this guy. It's his name Sean Spencer, mm-hmm. and uh, it was best buddy since like primary school. Burton Guster or Gus mm-hmm. for short. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I missed the pilot, so I missed all the setup. But basically, this guy is like. He's got like Savant syndrome or something. He's uh, just very, very perceptive because his dad was a cop and his dad raised him to be super, super perceptive of everything. Mm-hmm. And but he doesn't have like the work ethic or desire to go through the uh, the trials and tribulations that it'll take to be on the police force. So he pretends to be a psychic and he opens his own psychic detective agency with his partner Gus mm. and. Yeah, and he just basically just bothers the police, like just you know, he's just like a vigilante, basically. Hundred percent, yeah. Just, he's but he's just annoying the police in the process. I'm at season four now, so it's at the point where the Fuck police me. start to yeah, yeah. I've like I, you know, I you gun go it when hard. I watch yeah when I watch a TV show, I fucking gun it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's at the point now where the police are hiring because he's hiring him sometimes for cases because he's mm-hmm. worked so much with them. But um, yeah, just like the first couple seasons. He just walk around the police precinct, listen to people saying stuff, go follow it up, find leads, and then pretend to have psychic episodes in front of the police. <laughs> so to- he's not psychic at all. He's just no, like, no, no. He's, he's super perceptive. Yeah, he's just completely faking. He's not psychic <laughs> at all. He's he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's a really really fun. So like- he's kind of got like a very cavalier attitude as well. Like he's just- yeah, yeah. He's very you know yeah. Uh, he kind of reminds me of some senses. Like uh, of JD, he reminds me of JD from Scrubs, okay. but less nerdy and okay. more sort of like uh, you know what, a cross between like JD and Chandler. Okay, so a bit so- yeah, with a bit of like sort just- of Joey cockiness, I suppose. Yeah, okay. He, he likes hitting on people, you know. No, I think I can. Philandera. I can imagine the character you're describing. Yeah, hundred percent, it. and it's it's so funny. But then his partner, who is seemingly the straight man at first is the biggest tinfoil fucking nutcase. <laughs> you know, it's just like any time that anything slightly off the wall is happening, you know, like, all right. Yeah, and they do a lot of fun episodes as well. Yeah. There's like a mummy episode. <sighs> there's a horror movie episode. Cool. There's an old Western episode. Sounds like community, like a little bit. Yeah, it is a little. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this was kind of early inspo for community. Yeah. Because um, it was 2007, I think. Sure. And you know what? Funnily enough, actually, it started airing in 2006. And then in 2008, The Mentalist started airing. Yeah. I, cause I used to watch The Mentalist and what you were describing sounds kind of like it's, it's more- legitimized but it's it, he's taken on as a consultant that's sort of the difference well yeah like uh sean and gus are taken on as consultants okay. by the police in this right. as well and so there's one scene where they're like you know he's explaining that he's a psychic and he's to someone and he's like i'm like the mentalist but if you know that guy's a fake yeah you know if he was a fake it'd be just like the mentalist oh it'd be a carbon copy <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that yeah. they can kind of they just make fun of it like that. I used to watch The Mentalist uh, a lot, and then it got really trash after, I think, like, season four. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a bummer. Because, like, they basically... The the premise of it is that, like, his wife and child was murdered by this 
serial killer Red John. Um, it's a bit of a shit name for a killer. Yeah. And his trademark was that he would um, draw like a smiley face in blood on the wall sort oh. of thing. Um, Pretty brutal. So, uh, and because it happened to him, he was, uh, he they call him the mentalist, but he was really just like a, a carny um, psychic, you know. Like, uh, yeah. He would just like scam people yeah. by like, but um, he's just, again, just really perspe- perceptive. He's, yeah. you know. Just um, notices shit. He just notices shit. And um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it because there was this like, they would have like a couple episodes where it'd be like Law and Order where it didn't really matter or have any sort of consequence, mm-hmm. but he was taken on as a consultant and he's helping the police and much like Psych, probably annoying the cops <laughs> in the process because it's just like, no, we know what it's going to be. And he's just like, I don't think you do. And yeah, yeah. You know, sort of go, does the whole Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally the same. And then. <laughs> Um, there would every, that would sprinkle in these Red John episodes and he would, you know, make an appearance or there'd be a copycat killer because they thought that caught the real one. And he was like this mastermind. He, there was, um, he turned out to be, well, there was speculation that he was one of the, like he was on the inside, like he was a cop mm-hmm. on the inside Red John and that he's just tormenting the mentalists and it was all that. There was just like a really good through line plot that was happening yeah, in the like background. Yeah, like an arcing narrative. Yeah, an arcing narrative. And that's what kept me in and but then at like season three season four or whatever they finished that narrative and so then it would it but it kept going then it's like then it seems very low stakes it was so low stakes i yeah i just didn't care anymore yeah and so i just dropped off the show that's totally fair Uh, enough yeah i had a teacher in high school a maths teacher in year 10 and 11 who looked like the mentalist if things had gone wrong. <laughs> like, he, he just looked very tired and disheveled. We used to just yeah. see him sitting in his car out in the car park, punching darts, <laughs> just kind of thinking about, you know. Yeah. Simon Baker with poor life choices. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Damn. Well, that's probably as good a place as any to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll end it on the on the sad image of a you know slightly below middle aged man punching oh, darts. Slightly above, to be fair. Oh, really? Okay, slightly above um, average age. Uh, <laughs> high school teacher punching darts in his car. To be fair, none of this podcast was all that light hearted. <laughs> um, we, we had some laughs. I think we learned a lot today. We had some laughs. We shed some tears. Yeah, we it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Righto. All right. Well, Righto. I've had a gutful. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you for, to all those who came to our show on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this awesome podcast, and yeah. thanks for coming to that wicked show. Yeah. It's just everything's wicked. Just make sure you you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Just ding like ding ding the bell. Facebook, comment. <laughs> um, you know, follow the Twitter. You know, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Know. Follow the Twitter is actually the only one of those things you really need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the endorsement there. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I've been Liam. And I'll remain to be Dylan. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.